Hey, today's daf is daf tech. We start a few lines down. We finished just before the mission. It says as follows. Tani b'shem Rabbi Meir. It was taught in the name of Rabbi Meir. The what? Kol mishahu kavua b'eretz Yisrael. Anyone who is kavua in Eretz Yisrael. So he lives here, I guess. Vochel cholyo b'tarai. And it is chul in a state of tarai. You can understand why I bring this because the sugi we mentioned previously was talking about how Amit, it was nitpashet by Amistrel to everyone even eat their chul in a state of tarai. Umidaber b'lashon ha-kodesh. And he speaks lashon ha-kodesh. Hebrew. He's guaranteed, or it's certain for this individual, that what He's one of the people that should be Now, what are these things? Why these things in particular? I'll read you um, uh, the Korban Eida. He says, if you live in Eretz Israel, that's Mechapert Avon, because it says, It's his Chulim Betara, that King shows he has what's called Tarat Aguf. That in shows he has what's called Tarat HaNefesh. Whereas if you read Kriyat Shema Torah morning and night, because the Torah makes ensures Tarat and Neshama. So he's got Kuf, Nefesh, Neshama being Tahor. He's Mechaper Alavonot. So therefore, Muftach Loshul, Ben Alam Abba. Meaning, Afilu Gufo Yizdakech Vizakeh Lechayim Abba Nitzchim Vehem Chayi Olam Abba. It's referring, that's like the eternal life. In other words, Chayim Olam Abba, or Chalik Olam Abba, is always, there's, always, there's a kind of debate sometimes they're talking about this man of Tchia, they're talking about um, here it sounds like okay. um, another understanding what's meaning he says you will be uh, clear of judgment and affliction things like that okay a good promise let's continue now we bring the next Mishnah it says uh, this is Halachadada so the Bible talks about this, that um, Hananiah ben Chizkia initially wanted to be Gones, Sefer Yecheskel, and he locked himself up in this attic and says, I'm going to Dorish and explain the whole thing. And he basically saved Sefer Yecheskel, because a lot of things in Sefer Yecheskel seem to appear at face value to contradict the Torah, and he was able to Dorish them and expound them and explain it and uh, basically save Sefer Yecheskel. And they used to go visit him. So it was one time when they went up to visit him. And by the way, these are halachot that they gave over. Now, the way we have it, it sounds like Elu referring to the halacha we're about to learn. Whereas if you learn Mepharshim Mishnah, again, which is not necessarily how the Yerushalmi understands it, as we'll see soon, it could be referring to some of the stuff we've actually just learned. But I'm not going to confuse you with that now. I'm going to focus on Yerushalmi Shira now. In any event, Nimnu Vorabu at that time, there was one time where they came and they found out that actually the, the Talmud of Beit Shammai outnumbered those of Beit Hillel. And when it comes to halakha, you go acharim, rabim, you go by the majority. So they had a majority. There were 18 degrees of gozer on that day. So we have to understand how this works. We'll see this. We'll, the Gemara will explain it for us. So elimina halachot. These are halachot. It says, Otayom, that day was kashali yisrael yom shanasa boha ega. That was, um, seems, that was as bad as it was for Israel on that day, um, as the day that they erected the egel azahab, the golden calf. Now, why is that? Um, the Pnei Moshe here cites a Tosefta. He says um, that Lefisha, at that time, Sheha Hillel Yoshev Kafuf Lefnei Shammai. That it's only because Hillel was almost uh, subservient in that context of Shammai in this forced manner, if you, you'll see in a moment, that seems to be, uh, was Kasha Kegel Azahab. It seems to be like a, a travesty, if you like. The odd, as you'll see soon, Shabbat Shammai Horgim Pnei Shmosel Mitamli Debit Hillel. That it seemed to be the the Pashup Shat sounds in the Gemara, you'll see Gemara later on, which Ben Moshe understands it that way. You'll see the others don't. That it seemed to be they ended up coming to uh, killing one another. 
Okay, but we'll see. We'll see exactly how that works. In other words, this uh, got a bit out of hand in terms of the halachic process wasn't being followed like it should have been. Okay, um, but let's have a look. So we see here all these things that were God said. There's a debate between Rebbe Yezer and Rebbe Yeshua. Were they good things or not? All these exegzerot. So Rebbe Yezer says, "Bobiom gadshu atasah." Asah is a measuring container. Gadshu means a heapter. So they filled it up, like in a good way. That's a positive thing. We'll see in a moment. And Rebbe Yeshua says, "Bobiom machakuato." They didn't. They didn't heap it. They they smoothed it off. So how do, what do we how do we understand this? So Amar lo Rebbe Yezer, ilu haita or ke ilu haita chaseira. It was as if the, this measuring container was chaser, umiluha, and they filled it up, and then it would be good. So that's what's the example. Lechavichi meleya egozim. It was full of say nuts. But the thing is, when you've got large nuts, there's actually space in between, and things can be moving around. So therefore, if you then fill it up with sumsumi or shumshum like sesame, and you fill it up, and then all those fine seeds end up filling up the spaces, it's going to be machseke. It actually makes the entire kli more sound. All the context, uh, all the contents are therefore held in place better. So he says, all these gzeirot that the Beit Shammai implemented, um, even in, the, in this forceful manner, that was actually a positive thing for Klal Israel. Like it locked things in better. However, you're sure, but sure disagrees entirely. He says, no. Meaning, if you've got a clear that's full and you end up diminishing it, is that a good thing? So, what's the example? We've got a barrel that's full of oil. Anything you try to add, or you try to add water to it, what's going to It's going to displace the shemen. So, as we know, what happens, oil floats over, it, like it separates and floats above water. So, what it's saying is, you're adding these gzeirot more than the community can bear. And what's going to happen? They're going to seek to the bottom of the water and it's going to displace the oil, meaning that which is important. So uh, that, that's a, it's a really important mashal in terms of like using the you know, the physics of it. Because I'll read you Reb Chaim. He says that, um, what's going to happen if you, sorry, I'll go. In other words, they overdid it. And, and the, the Klal couldn't bear all these Gzeirot, the Beit Shammai. Through that, what happens if you put too much on the Tzibur? They'll end up being violating actually Divrei Torah itself. Dinim that the, that the Chachami didn't implement. I mean, Dinei Doraita. So therefore, that's going back to that's That's why it's, he's explaining the like the, smooth, the smoothed off Midah, which is the Mashal they had prior to the Marshal of the oil and the water. Okay, so Tanya Beoshaya Onya Talmidei Beit Shammai Amdu Milamata Vahayu Horgin Bin Talmidei Beit Hila. What happened was is that the Talmidei Beit Shammai seemed to be standing below by the door, preventing the Beit Hila from coming out to ensure that they had that majority. And it sounded like, according to the Pshat, like it sounds like Pnei Moshe understood they were killing them. However, the um, Korban Eder says in the Beit, uh, sorry, Reb Chaim follows this. He says no. Meaning they, they were threatening them not to come up with sword in hand or spear in hand. Said a minute. The, however, he says, Then actually kill them. They just threaten them with a life. He says, step forward, we're going to have to take, we're going to have to kill you. But they didn't actually do so. But that, in other words, that's the way the Korbanada and Reb Chaim understand this, uh, so let's, um, let's continue. Tani Shishamehem Alu. Six went up. The Shah and the rest of the Talmud have stood down the, downstairs. Becharavot with swords or amachim and spears stood guard so they could implement these uh, gzerot. 
Okay, fine. And it says as follows. Tani, gazru, rabu, So three sets of 18 laws. They were 18 that there was actually gozer, that they seem to be the way the, um, I think I'm pretty sure Rav Chaim explains this way as well. The Korbanator explains it is that they were in, in agreement with, 18 gzer they agreed up with. There were 18 where Beit Hila Shammai forcibly implemented being Barabu. Or Bishmon Asar, and there were 18 that still, they were Nechlukul. Okay, now we're going to explain what the Nechluk, the Gazru and the Rabu ones are. But what are the Nechlukuls? Um, so here, let me just share the sheet uh, with you. Here, there we go. You can, I hope you can see that sheet. I've tried to put all the 18 as you'll see. We're going to go through them uh, quite a lot today. But um, because because what are these 18? These, as we said, when it says Elu, is talking about those that are going forward. So if you have a look, we're not, I'm not going to go through them all. But the first three are, is the next Mishnah. Then the, next, the four and five is a Mishnah after it. Six, seven, eight is a Mishnah after that. Nine, nine, 10, 11 is a Mishnah after that. And 12 and 13 is a mission after that. So the first 13 of the Mishnah, the coming Mishnah we're going to be learning about. There's no point in me elaborating them because we're going to learn them in detail. But you'll see those are Machloka Bechama Bechilo. Okay? The first few, for example, have got to do with can one's Kli do Malacha for you on Shabbos? Right? Um, we'll see. Again, we'll see that. Into, into, actually, the first uh, eight of them related to that. And the final uh, the final um, five, you can see you see no time later. The Rebbeim says it relates to uh, it's brought up in the Brayta in Bavli. In terms of in other words, these ones that these these are the machloket that stood, right? That continued in terms of the gzera, but loish jelen loim keno etc. Got to do with the relations with the nochri. Okay. Now, however, let's continue. Eluhan shegazru. Now we have to appreciate there are three categories. One is gazru that they agreed. One is rabu that they di- they didn't agree, but bechamai forcibly implemented, if you like, through this technique. Another one's the Nechluku, putting Nechluku aside. So th- we're starting by saying these are the ones that were Gazru, they agreed on. Alpitan shel goyim, valgvinatan shamnan. So we're going to explain all these as we, as we go through the Gemara. But uh, let's just, this is referring to food of a goy. So they're bread, they're gvina, they're shemen. Similarly, let's continue. We'll go, again, we'll, we'll address these when we get to the Gemara. Their daughters, in terms of the Batzaram, that the Sheikh Batzer will be a source of Tuma. Um, fine, yeah, you know what, we'll, we'll delete who we get to the Gemara to explain them all. Val Mereglehem, that the source of Tuma. Also, here we're talking about Hilchot Bal Keri. Hilchot Bal Keri is the Asulit Palel. Okay, if we just go back in a second, we're talking about Sheikh Batzaram, Mereglehem, the Hilchot Bal Keri, all these things. Uh, got like Zavim. Because in Torah, they're not, they're not Tameh. When we're talking about, um, the next ones, which is, um, Hilchel Balkeri. Now you have to remember, we talked about this in the Sech Bracha. That was a Takanat Ezra. The Takanat Ezra was a Balkeri, a man who had a seminal mission. He wouldn't be able to, uh, wouldn't be able to learn Torah. However, they were Gozer also about regarding, um, learn, uh, Tfila as well. Okay. Val Hilchot Eretz Amim. Hilchot Eretz Amim is Gozer Tuman Chutzlaretz. Okay. So where we're up to on the chart, that brings us to eight. Okay. And then it says Tamantanina, but you also see another Mishnah. This is a Mishnah Mesech the Zabim regarding the final ten. Okay. We'll go through these. So Posineta Truma means if someone does one of these things, they are a Shani Latuma. And a Shani Latuma, so if you're okay, let me just, okay, um, I'll give you a bit of background. 
You have sources of tumah which are an other tumah. They can matama anything. Anything they touch becomes like a rish on the tumah. A rish on the tumah can only affect food and drink, and they would become normally a shein in the tumah. And a shein in the tumah can only really affect truma. Can't affect other chulim. So when we're saying that someone, all these things make someone posing under truma, means makes a person a shein in the tumah. So, for example, if someone eats a, a rishon or eats a sheni, because chachamim or b'shotem mashketem or drinks tamem mashket, chachamim said that that individual becomes a sheni in the tumah. Why? Because they were concerned that they might end up eating this tamem food along truma, and it's in their mouth at exactly the same time. Meaning, minatora, you could have your sheni in the tumah, eat it, and then pick up some truma if you're a coin and eat it. Okay, because it wouldn't make you tummy. However, the Chacham are concerned that they eat it at the same time, and if they eat it at the same time, they'll make the truma tummy within the mouth, and then end up eating tummy truma. Similarly, So, this is now looking at Gzerot, um, uh, what is it, 12 and 13. Now, what's the concern here? It seemed to be with this, they're going to make felt, this to be quite dirty. And then what would happen is, is after the mikvah, they'll do that, they wash themselves. And it almost became the standard practice that what, oh, part of going to the mikveh is I also wash myself. Like what's the, So what's affecting the tahara? The tahara is my shower after going to mikveh. And they were concerned that what would happen, people said, well, forget going to the dirty water, I'll just have a shower and become tahor. Okay, so therefore there were gods there that someone who either went in Maim or in drawn water, like a clean bath, or had poor, had a shower, Rosho um, uh, sorry, or Nathalu Alav, Rosho Barobol, so fell on him, uh, 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 three lug of water that they'll be considered tameh. Okay, simply the hasefer hasefer means sifrei kodesh. That is because what would happen is I said like a sefer is metamiyadain. That would make oh, oh, it's a shein latuma. Sorry, why is it a shein latuma? Is because what would happen is when konen had konen had truma, and they thought, okay, where's the safest place to keep my truma? I don't become tameh. Oh, it's kadosh. This, what better place to put it than Narana kodesh? So what happened? They end up putting the rod of Kodesh. And then, you know, quickly enough, the rats discover this is a great place to get dinner. They'd come into the Arana Kodesh. They'd end up eating the Truma. And then for dessert, come and eat some of the Sifrei Kodesh as well. End up ruining the Sifrei Kodesh. So Chacham had to put a practice, a stop to that and say, no, 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 Sifrei Kodesh um Truma. Similarly, the Hayadaim, we said, Stam Yadaim is a Shein Latuma. Shein Latuma because the Yadaim has gone Yohem. Because your hands... Um, you know, you, people aren't very conscious of what their hands are doing. If I ask you what are the last six things you've, or the last two things you've touched, you wouldn't know whether your ear, whether your nose, was it your pencil on the table. No, no. That Tvulyom. Now, Tvulyom is really Doraita. A Tvulyom is someone, as we know, who was Tame, went to Mikvin, is waiting for nightfall to become Tahor. He's a Shane the Tuma during that time. However, who we're talking about, Rav Chaim says it's Tvulyom Mitumam Bidivrihem, meaning he was Tame Midrabana and went to Mikvah. He's still considered a, a Tvulyom. Okay? Let's continue. Now, normally, like the normal flow of events is what happens is, as I said, it goes Av, Rishon, and Shani. However, if liquids become Tamer, that's one of the exceptions. It creates a loop in the chain. In other words, a lot of the times we don't know, we can't, the, the problem with liquids is you can't discern where a liquid came from. A, a, a solid, generally, you know where it came from. A liquid, you don't know its origin. So therefore, initially they said that what? Liquids would become automatically rich on the tumor. Why? Because it could become a liquid that came from a sheritz. So therefore, even if it's a liquid that came tummy, it could make other food tummy. But then they also said, but one second, there are also other liquids that they themselves are an avatoma. For example, mashkin that comes from a zav. 
So therefore they said, no, any liquids that become tamer, they can metamakele. Now there are other there are different laws that apply to this in terms of uh, in terms of the differences if a if a kli because always when that, when chachamim make a tumah midarabana there's some sort of heker involved in it uh, they place into it such that people can discern between the two for example liquids that touch a kli only makes the outside tamid right things like that um, but again that's a, a for a sugar in um, kalim and, and tuliyom and things like that okay let's continue um, actually not tuliyom tuliyom was different okay rabana de kisri namru. Now, so all this column, point to understand, is what have we seen? We saw the 10 cases from Mesefta Zavim, okay, that are, that there were Gozer. And then we saw the eight in the beginning. You can see I've broken it up. That were Pitan, Gvinatam, Shaman, Benotayim. As we said, these are things we're going to explain in the Gemara anyway. And we said that these are things Shigazru, meaning these are things that were universally agreed upon. However, what happens, Radan Kisrin says, look, I agree with you that those first 10, sorry, the last 10, the one from Mesepter uh, Zavim, those ones, yeah, those are the ones everyone agreed upon. However, these first eight you mentioned here, they're actually the ones that they didn't agree upon, but they were the ones Mishurabu. But also worse than that is they're not really eight, they're really seven. I'll explain why they're really seven in a moment. Let's just read the, read the words. It says, Rabbana Kisra Amo Elu Shagazru Mimashurabu. These eight that you said were Gazrul, they're actually Mishurabu. And actually, the Shuvah in on their seven. Why are they seven? Because they explain that the Sheikh Batzer and Amei Raglaim is really the same Zera. Meaning, is that the Amei Raglaim itself is not a reason for to make a Zera. Meaning, why were they made a Zera regarding Amei Raglaim? It was Mishum because it's impossible they wouldn't have a, maybe a tipa, some uh, little bit of Sheikh Batzer in the Amei Raglaim. Right, so really, Meraglaim was part of the Xera of, or a, a, a corollary, like a, a, a side thing that related to Mishum Shifat Zaran. So it's not eight independent lines that we have here, it's really seven. Okay, so then what about the remaining 11 then? What are these remaining 11, according to Ramakishim, of the ones Shirabu? Okay, again, important, not Shagazu, Rabu. Rabu is where they, you know, implemented it by force. Okay, so what is this? Uh, so the first one is Kiyotzebo, is what we've just been dis- we've mentioned re- um, recently. Oh, sorry, let's go back one. I missed one. The Elon in the these are the remaining ones. Mishiich shich bederech non kiso lanochri. So if someone's traveling, we'll see this uh, later on in Mesetta Shabbos. If someone's traveling and Shabbos comes in and they've got a purse with them, what, what's preferable? Do you give it to a nochri or do, can you put it, or should you go pachot mechot midalet tvachim? Amot, right? So you walk less than dalet amot, so not iso darais, and you stop. And you walk again. So they said it's better to give it to a nochri, even though you're not allowed to get a nochri to do malacha for you either. Both are what you, both practice in Midrabanan. And I think that's out of concern that you might, this practice of going less than Dalit like less than Dalit Amot and stopping, you might end up messing up. Okay? So it's better to give it to a nochri. That's number one. Next is Kyotsebo. We're up to number nine now. So the second of these at the last 11. Kyotsebo says, We've just discussed that. That was on a mission, talking about Azav and Azav and Allah to eat together, in concern that they might get up to something, and they'd be over, over on seriously sorry, we saw Karet. Next one is Now, this relates to the laws of Tumat Ohel. Tumat Ohel is that if you've got a source of Tumat like Tumat Amet, if it's under the same covering, it can spread Tumat under a covering. So literally, if it's in a room, everything in the room becomes Tumat. But it's not just in a room, if you have a plank of wood above it, under the mat and under uh, that covers other kalim as well, it also become tamet. 
However, what's this skin case of Obi Mardea? So Mardea is like a mattock, I think it is. It's a, it's a, something a farmer uses. And the thing is, this is something that its circumference is a tefach, not its diameter. So Chachami made a gzeir that anything whose circumference is a, like a pole like that, a circumference, we treat it like tumat, uh, tumat ohel and it's mevi and, and it will bring tuma, spread tuma like an ohel over the person, onto the person. Also, Kaylin, but there's a discussion exactly how that works. There are some differences. I'll just read your reply anyway. He says, Mardea hu melamed bakar. It's a, sorry, not melamed. It's not a matic. It's an ox code. Sorry. So it's circumference, but not the cross-sectional diameter. Any movable objects whose circumference, cross-sectional circumference is a tefach. Um, if it, if one, um, if one side is over the met and other side is over kalim, then it's, they said it's tamim tumat tumat ohel. Okay. Xera atu shiesh bo ovi out of the concern that people might mix up circumference and diameter. You know, a lot, a lot of people still do that. Okay. Um, fine. Now let's continue. Next is, um, so next is, yes, ketzad botrim at beta pras. Now, this relates to whether you do bitsira legat, whether the food is automatically susceptible to tuma, meaning the grapes. Now, the truth is, when you, anything you pick from the trees are, automatic, are not automatically susceptible to tuma, right? It needs one of the shiva mashkim to come into contact with it, right? So, what, what's the botser legat? The concern is, is that even if let's say you picked it up in baskets and the juices, the, like the juices start running out from these grapes and it was holechle ibud, that's not nichale, that's not something you're happy with. So that liquid will not match the kabel However, if you had it in um, baskets that were zufatot, they were actually lined, then the water collects would be nichale because you'll be happy with it. So the question is, do we make it, because again, you want to collect all the juice as much as possible because you're taking it specifically to press anyway. So in so I think uh, my, the understanding is that they made a gzeira that, because it's you might use the wrong basket, things like that. We said no. Botzelagat under all circumstances is going to be machshalakabal tuma. That was a debate between Shammai Hillel, and you see in that uh, Rukhain goes into more detail. He says you see in in Masechet uh, Shabbos it says that he asks Ketzad Botzrim Beta Pras. A Beta Pras is a field that had a grape plowed through it, and the question is how do I go about picking the grapes? In such a way that they won't become susceptible, they won't become tameh. Okay, uh, because a beta pras itself, the chachem mogozim mishum tuma. Okay, that uh, importantly, it's not tumat ohel, but it's if um, it's uh, it, the concern is that maybe there's an etzim kisse ora that was plowed through a small bone, and that's metameh b'masa or mamaga. So you might move it, like you might step on it. So that's why they said. So the question is, how do I salvage these grapes in a state of tara? So we're sort of racing through shas with all these concepts, but I'm trying to keep it as uh, succinct, but enough as possible. It's, it's tough to get the strike the right balance. But anyway, let's just continue. But there, um, it says, So upligi shan beit hillel. Beit shimlein hillel argue that ibotzer legat huchshu afilu lutumat beta pras shimidirehem. There's a debate there where that since beta pras is midirabanan, when your botzer legat, that is, do we also machshir in that situation as well? It's susceptible to tumar for this beta process only to madarabanan. Okay? But tanin and hatam keitzah botrim lagat. 
How do you do it? The people so they're not However, So the fact that we see from here that despite the fact they're in that Mishnah, they were debating how, in terms of whether beta pras would would affect these grapes. With them, for that that respect, but to nonetheless, the fact you have to prepare someone to make them completely tower means they ultimately end up agreeing that for tumador right these grapes or are already susceptible to tumor when you pick them habotzer legat. Okay, that's a lot of detail. Let's continue. So what is that? For a mikvah, you're not allowed to have main shuvim drawn water. Correct. Now. What's interesting here is even, so let's say what you had is you didn't build a gutter and fix it to the wall, but you're chokeka gutter. You carved it out of the wall such that the water can flow down it and that water would not, could, could nicely run into a mikvah. That would be fine. However, if it goes on to kalim, so the water runs over a kli, then it would be considered maim shuvim, even if you didn't literally pick up the kli and carry the water. The fact it runs over a kli. And there's a debate between Ben Shammai and Hillel that if you do it deliberately, fine. Maim shuvin. But if you forgot it there, does it make it maim shuvin? And it seems to be Bechame says it, it does make it maim shuvin. We'll possible the mikvah making sort of drawn water, whereas Beit Hillel disagrees. Again, importantly, we're talking about a mikvah that has not yet reached the minimum shear. That's when the maim shuvin will be a problem. Okay. So that, by the way, gets us satisfactorily to um, to the... Um, sorry, it gets us to number 12. And then the final one is, well, how do we get the final six? That is al shishas sveikot sorfim ratatruma, and this is a, another Mishnah um, in Masechta Tarot. They talk about six, six different sveikot on which we can burn tuma as a result of it. Now, given the amount of time we have uh, already, oh, sorry, I should say left, I'll just bring one as an example. I've got this all in the sheet from that Mishnah in Masechta Tarot, and that is, for example, sapek beta pras, meaning someone takes, uh, say, truma into beta pras. Does you have to do burn truma, or because it's a sapek? Would you just read like any tumor that's suffix? You just have to leave it. So here's this is one of the this there are six fake even if it's suffix, I can burn the tumor. And normally you wouldn't be able to do that in the case of suffix. But let's um again, that's a matter for your own further studies. I'm Rabiosi Barbun. Afgidulay Truma. Now, why do Rabiosi Barbun say Afgidulay Truma? That is because he understands that Hamaniach Kalim Tachatatsinor was something that ended up being um a continuing debate. Okay, you can see I've highlighted in yellow. It was only Rebbe Meir that says that Beit Hillel ultimately agreed. Okay, however, he says I've got to replace that with Gidalei Truma. Now, Gidalei Truma means is that they were gods that if if a, if a non kohen has like a zara like me takes takes some truma and plants it, that which goes considered truma. The concern was is that because if it wasn't truma, I would say, oh, forget giving the corners, plant a plant on my food, it'll become battle, and I'll be able to keep it for myself. So therefore, the gods are Gidalei Truma. Okay. The hashar mean now. Let's continue. So, therefore, what? Let's just take a step back. We mentioned the eighteen shenech lukur relate to the mishnahs and the brayta. Then we saw the first opinion was the the gazra, which were the ten from tarot, and the, the first eight we talked about alpitan and gvinatan, which is the second column. Rabbanan de Kisrin says, "Look, I agree with you regarding those ten that they were gazra. However, the first eight you mentioned, really, which are really seven, those are a case of shirabu." Where they were a majority and halakha was implemented and such. And the other 11 we just mentioned. So let's go back. How did the Rabbanin de Kisrin understand the ones of Shigazru? We know they've already accepted 
the 10 from Mesechta Zavim, as you can see in there. But what about the others? So Elim so Elu Shigazru, Ilin Asarti Kadmaita, these are the, those are the 10 we mentioned from Mesechta Zavim. Vashar Mimandatani Rebbe Shimon Yochai. And the rest come from Yefta Malakiat. It's eight of that which were mentioned here in by Shimon Yarachai. So what are they? Alpitan Valgvinatam. Well, Pitan Gvinatam were actually the ones that, if you remember, under Kisrin said were part of the Gazru. So, sorry, were, were, were part of the Rubble, as you can see there in this column, the, in the third column. So they're not, and the, so they're not going to be the, um, the, the ones that we're Malakiat here. Okay. So Alpitan Gvinatam. Also, al yainam on the wine of Nochri the Asur, val chumtan the chometz, val tziran va'amuriyasan va'lakvushin. So here, Rukhaim says that these are all really uh, as one. Their wine, their chometz, their tzir, tzir is brine, amuriyas is also like a fish sort of brine type of thing. And it says here, because these are all asu mishum yainakum. Okay? I'll read you, Rukhaim. Kol hanu chara chashiva de chumtan asu b'shtia, because it was wine. Because we can say they mixed up wine into it. Okay. Now, alakvushim, valashlukin, valamaluchim. So these are all these, also he says, are one. They're considered like because of bishul nochri, bishul akum. So they're, kvushim is pickled, shlukim is thoroughly cooked, mulchim is salted. Valchilka, valashchika. Zalchilka is a type of small fish, and they're dome to a tame fish, so it's, you don't know if it's tame, tame or tahor, when you, you can't buy it. Va'al tisni, sorry, I missed one, didn't I? Shrika is hashed fish, he understands, Rav Chaim says it's like the case of hash fish, because you wouldn't be able to have hash fish, because you don't know what, whether, if they're tahor or tame fish. Tahor or tame mean kosher or not kosher, sorry. Va'al tisni, now tisni, um, sorry, Valatisni, um, he son Rukhaim says it's Tisni is a kemach. Kimachini karnami, it's difficult to discern what is Dilmin it Aribimudavar, so it's hard it's hard to tell tell if something else is mixed into it. He brings another Yeshma Farshim. Um and he says, by the Vit Siran Vayana then Rukhaim now spends time trying to calculate all what are the eight, but I won't go through this now. But it says Vyeshma Farshin Khilka Vishika Vatisni Kulam Minchitim, all types of Chitim, like we sometimes see, uh, Chilka Vatargis Vatisni. Okay? Um, fine. And, for, and let's just continue. But um, Eidotan, uh, this one? No. So Al Shonan, I did. Al Shonan, meaning their language, you shouldn't speak Lashon Akum. Al Eidotan, the Eidot, Al Matnotihem, meaning you don't makabel Matana from them on your Maidan, which is like uh, their festivals. Right, because we don't know a nigrav acharehem val benayim val benotayim. What's that related to? Rebbeim says shegazval tinakotu metamim beziva that their children will be considered like zavim. Why kedeshilot tinakokisrael giletzlo? So they won't just start hanging out with it. The our kids and their kids hanging out. Viavod and the issue is viavole de mishkav zachur. Was an intermarry issue like the other things we've mentioned above. Like Pitan will see soon, but rather because Mishkav Zachur it says, Vinichlavi Meraglaim, Deschar, etc., etc. Um, that would be as a result of because, um, it says, Benotem was also mentioned above, which we'll discuss. Val Bechorehem, what's Bechorehem? It says, Shamocher Karka. The Chai says, Mocher Kakala Akum, Lokeach Perotemina Akum. Umevi Otam Bikurim Dushalayim. If you sell, this is, I think we saw in Bikurim. If you sell land to a non-Jew 
and then you purchase your own land and purchase the fruit back from him, you'd still have to be Bikurian. Why is that? That's another, people don't do this tax evasion. This is another one of the Gzairot. Now, the Gemara begins, let's do a little bit more. What's the issue of Pitan? Now, Pitan, Rabbi Yaakov bar Acha B'Shem, Rabbi Yonatan, this is Mi'ilchot Shel Im Umhu. Now, we, see, we saw this expression previously back in Mesech the Shviz. And this is one of these halachas that are a little unclear. Now, the Gemara says, why is it a bit shaky, this Shel Imum? That is because Amr Rabbi Yosef Keshaita Kamei Rabbi Yaakov Baracha. Ma'u Michel Chachi Amum. What does it mean, Hilchachi Amum? We'll just ask the question and we'll complete it tomorrow. It says, Kacharumri Isabel Komsha Patisrel Matsuya. Are we talking about a place where, where we have Patisrel freely available? Ubedin Hayashi Patgoyim Musra. And it makes sense. And you would think the pat the Patgoyim should be Asura, but nonetheless, Vi Amum Vehiti Ruha. And they, nonetheless, it sounds like they kvetched in a way that's made it mutar. Or we're talking about Malcolm Sha'in Pat Israel Mitsuya. We're talking about a place where there's no Pat Israel Mitsuya or Beninu Shtia Pat Goyim Muteret. And really, that it should be mutar Basrua. And really, uh, and they were sort of uh, strained in a way to make it uh, Asur. In other words, what's this Shalachil Shel Imum? If you might remember what the punchline is. Then Amir Tashem will pick up from this tomorrow. Okay, that was uh, quite a jam-packed cheer, and and this <laughs> we could have spent a lot, lot longer on it. We're trying to open up every one of these uh, eighteen of the eighteen of the eighteens. All right, call to everyone. Have a good day.